Hello and welcome back to the Lambrini and Lectures podcast. I'm your host, Eleanor Sangan, and I'm back. Yes, I know, girls and boys, I've been away for a very, very long time. And the only excuse is that we haven't really found time to film. I'm on my own today, as you may hear, just because it's hard to get time to film with the girls and also with Kyle, just because Kyle's doing his masters. The girls are trying to find jobs and things like that. And I think coronavirus and the new lockdown has put everyone in a bit of a bad mood, which is absolutely fair. So I'm going to carry on doing the podcast for as long as I can. I will definitely have the girls back at some point. Um, Nothing's happened. We haven't fallen out. It's literally just coronavirus, which is, like I said, fair enough. But what am I doing on this episode? What am I going to talk to you guys about? Are we still going to do the stories? Yes, we are. And I have got three stories that I've been saving up for this episode. I didn't know when I was going to come back. I've also been just as unemployed and depressed, (laughs) but I'm definitely going to be doing them. I've written a list of stories that I could talk about. So let's get into it. And I'm going to talk about this story very lightly because I know that the guy that this is about still follows me on social media and probably still will message me about it. Um, I'm not going to say when the story happened. I'm not going to give a time frame just to respect this person because a lot of stories that we talk about are obviously quite old and time has passed, things have settled, no tea, no drama can happen and that's the way that we need to work. So a lot of them take a few months for us to even get the courage to do. Similar with this, uh, but I'm not going to say when this happened, but be aware that it is a juicy one. Probably the juiciest date I've ever been on in my life. And I thought, fuck it. I know he still follows me on all the social medias, but I want to talk about it. So I've got a drink here. Grab your drinks, girls and boys, and get fucking buckled in. So where to begin? Tinder. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it was Tinder. It might have been Bumble or maybe like match.com. No, I'm not that old. Uh, It was something like that. It was some sort of dating app that I was on when I was single and I was bored and I decided to obviously have a little bit of a shop for men, which I think is fair enough. I probably wasn't looking for anything, you know, serious. I just wanted a bit of attention because I think that's all dating apps are. People looking for attention (laughs) and probably not looking for a real relationship. So I match with this guy and I see that he's from Cambridge University and he's actually a student there. First red flag. Let me just say, living in Cambridge as someone that lives here and doesn't go to university here, you should never ever date a Cambridge, Cambridge University student. Anglia Ruskin, you can get away with. Cambridge University students are batshit. And I don't mean to generalise. I'm just saying that they are an intense group of people. They know what they want. They're very intelligent, very smart. And what I found is very condescending. (laughs) I've been on a few dates in my years with Cambridge University students. Uh, (laughs) Let me just drink my tea. Um, And they've all turned out pretty, pretty badly. Yeah, so this was probably a red flag that I should have seen coming, but I still decided to swipe. We got chatting. We started phone calling pretty quick because I'm not massively into guys and texting. I'm really bad at my phone. All of my friends will contest that I am the worst texter in the world. 
I respond better to phone calls or voicemails. I actually send so many voice messages to my friends that it's ridiculous. So when he started saying, I want to call you, I was more than happy. And to give a physical description, because that's what we usually do, he was a tall, blonde, sexy, did not look like an introverted person at all, very attractive person, kind of ice surf vibes or ice ski vibes, very wealthy looking. I was enjoying, I was enjoying it a lot. So he asked me to go on this date and I am thinking, okay, I'd like to go on a date. And I say spoons because I don't know about you, ladies and gentlemen, but I'm broke and I've always been broke ever since I was sort of 15 all the way up to where I am now. So I don't want to pay money on a load of dates. So what I do is I go to Weatherspoons because it's cheap. And I also like to buy drinks back. I don't believe in the whole, you know, man should pay rule. So I always want to go somewhere cheap. And he was quite shocked by that on the phone and said, oh, I want to take you somewhere nicer. And I was like, Spoons is nice. (laughs) Me being like, Spoons is literally the best place in the world. So he was like, yeah, we can get some shots. That sounds good. He had also mentioned that he'd had a bottle of wine back at his place if I couldn't get the bus back or I couldn't get the train back. And I said, oh, I don't know. Maybe I may, I'll see how I feel on the date. Full well knowing I was probably going to end up back at his. So I go on the date. He meets me at the train station. Or the, I think it was a train station or a bus station. I can't remember. One of those places. He meets me there you know, he is just as he looks in his profile photos and very attractive, very tall as well. I like a tall man. And, um, he said, I looked just like my profile pictures. So thank you. A lovely compliment. You don't need to lie. (laughs) No, uh, he was lovely. He was really, really nice. And he was wearing a very indie outfit and he was very energetic, very chatty, which is what I like. I, I find it really hard to go on a date with someone that doesn't match my energy. I'm quite an intense person, I think. And he was just as intense. So we walked spoons together. We sit down. We're having this great conversation. We're talking politics. We're talking religion. We're talking everything. And, you know, nothing's off the table. We talk a little bit briefly about his ex. Um, skim over that and you know I'm not really noticing the red flags as they come up because I'm enjoying my time with him I'm enjoying my conversation it's very intellectually charged and I like it and we notice on the table opposite us that there are these very very drunk group of people and I mention it to him and say oh look over there I think they've had a few too many and it was about like seven eight o'clock ish wasn't late it wasn't like we were meeting up at 12 at Spoons on like a Friday night. It was like Thursday, six, seven (laughs) o'clock. Not late. Don't know why they were so fucking hammered. And we kept an eye on them, carried on our conversation. And halfway through our conversation about, I think we were talking about machine learning, which ladies and gentlemen, after having a two hour debate about machine learning, I could tell you nothing about it. <laughs> so we noticed that one of them is just sicked up all over their table, all down the floor, and we're sat right next to the six seats. So turn off number one. <laughs> he, at that point, he decides to mention, should we go back to my place? And I say yes. I'm a little bit drunk. I've done a bit of tequila. You know, I, I've had a bit, you know, a bit too much. But I also think I like this guy. He seems cool. He told me sort of about the Cambridge University colleges and how in some of their accommodation, you can't stay overnight because 
you'll get something called deemed, which sounds like you're at a private school and you're about to get kicked out of the private school, not that you're paying for university experience. But basically, they wouldn't allow other people to stay in the bedrooms and some of the staff and the cleaners would dob them in. Very rich people shit. I did not understand it and I did not care. <laughs> um, so we go back to his. He's got the bottle of wine. He opens it up. Oh, wait, actually, before that point, some bad shit happened my my red flag number two so red flag number one was Cambridge University student red flag number two was the condescending mess and when I say condescending mess I mean it in the phrase of maybe because I live in Cambridge and because I'm quite well spoken people think that I'm a lot more intelligent than I am and a lot more wealthy than I am I'm not wealthy I didn't grow up rich and I didn't grow up like in Cambridge, I grew up around the outskirts of it. Cambridge was very much a chore to go into and out of. You don't really, you go there for shopping. You don't really go into the town other than for drinking and shopping. It's not like I know all the colleges. I don't know all of the buildings' names. So as we're walking back to his accommodation, he starts mentioning all these buildings' names. And I'm like, ah, oh, brilliant. I don't care, but I will act interested for this date. And he starts telling me the history of all of them. And I say, oh, I didn't know that. That's really interesting. And he said, oh, oh, I thought you, you lived in Cambridge. Well, how do you not know that? Oh, you're so stupid. How didn't you know that? And I know it was in jest, but it did feel kind of cutting. Um, and there were some mentions about my university not being ideal. I think I'd mentioned that my university wasn't a red brick or whatever. And he was saying that Cambridge is above a red brick. And I don't fucking know. Just Just condescending stuff that... I think I was I was drunk enough to make it a joke, but I probably should have had it as a red flag. So we get back to his, we open the bottle of wine and everything is going pretty well. I'm feeling him, I'm feeling the tequila, I'm feeling the wine and I decide that I'm going to be a little bit sexy. Now, ladies and gentlemen, if you have listened to this podcast quite a lot, I'm calling you a lot of ladies and gentlemen because I'm assuming that people are going to be listening to this after a three-month break. <laughs> well... If you've learned anything from listening to these episodes, you will realise that smooth and sexy are not me. I just am not. I like to think I'm this suave, seductress, temptress, but actually I'm a nightmare mess that just falls over everything. So this was actually going pretty well. I had like taken my bra off, you know, the titties are on display. He sat on his desk chair. Oh, by the way, this room was huge. It was massive way bigger than any student accommodation I'd ever seen I genuinely cannot believe how Cambridge students live and um he sat on this desk chair and I decided to take his pants off and you know go down on him be sexy be seductive and I start to suck his dick (laughs) like anyone would do and he gets a bit excited and he decides to push me off him and push me onto the floor and then sort of go on top of me whilst I'm still clothed from the waist down, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And he starts to hump me whilst I'm on the floor whilst trying to kiss me. Now, I don't know if you know what that feels like, but it's like a lot of carpet burn. (laughs) And carpet burn's not the ideal situation in a sexy situation. But again, I was drunk and I didn't want to seem... I don't know. I didn't want to kill the mood, I guess. So, and I was into him. As much as I'm saying this was a bad experience, I was into him at that point. So I went along with it and was carrying on to make out with him. And I noticed that I'm wearing these like clip-in hair extensions. I've always worn them. 
I've always worn hair extensions. I'm really insecure about the length of my hair. Uh, f- fun fact, if you didn't know that. God, why am I saying that on a podcast going out to people? Uh, I, I wear hair extensions and I think that they look okay. And um, I noticed that as he had moved me up towards this fireplace, the room had a fucking fireplace in it, that my hair extensions had started to unclip from my head. <laughs> And I was so embarrassed, but he obviously hadn't noticed it because he was still making out with me, but I could feel them pulling out of my hair. Um, so I tell him to get off me, like sexily. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go to the bathroom and powder my nose and whatever, whilst holding my hair, uh, trying to make it look like it was still attached to my head. And I run into the bathroom. Now, his bathroom was down the hallway and I'm in there reattaching my hair, thinking that was a weird situation. I don't know why, what he was intending out of that, but I'm just going to go in there and sleep with him. And you know, when you're drunk and you have to speak to yourself and give yourself a pep talk in that mirror where you say, you're not drunk, you're a good person and you're going to get shagged. And that was, that was me. That was literally me talking to myself. Lord knows what his fucking housemates thought of me because they definitely heard me talking to myself. So I go back in there. I'm feeling myself. I finally attached all of my hair. I look good, I think. And I go over to him as he sat on the edge of the bed. He's now obviously a little bit horny still, not as into it as he was. So I straddled him and start making out with him again. He does the same thing, pushes me onto the bed this time rather than the floor and starts to make out and slowly hump me, which was weird. And I decide to take my trousers off and he puts it in me and literally within three seconds... I genuinely mean three seconds. I can't believe this. He came. Now, I know for some men that this is an issue and it do- it wouldn't bother me if, you know, I knew the person or he had explained it beforehand, but he acted like that had never happened before and he got up off me and went, oh, I'm done. And I was like, okay, I can, yeah, I can see that and I could definitely feel that. Brilliant, thank you. Uh, and he was like, yeah, cool, it is what it is, and started acting like a real asshole. well, full well knowing that I now can't go home because there's not a train or a bus that will get me back at that time, I think it was about 11-ish at night or whatever, so all of the buses and trains had stopped, so I'm stuck here, and he's just sort of acted like he wants to fucking chuck me, and he knows that I can't leave, so I'm sort of laying in this bed thinking, what the fuck do I do, and he then starts saying things like, well, at least, you know, I'm quick, like kind of making a joke out of it. So I think it's all okay. I grab the rest of my wine. I carry on drinking it. I'm naked at this point. And um, I go to ask him if I could like sleep in a shirt of his. He tells me that only his, not his Ralph Lorenz or whatever I could wear. Another asshole move. I know, Ellie. (laughs) You should have escaped at this point, but I didn't because fuck it. So I put on a shirt, I get into bed And we start talking. And midway through the conversation, we're talking about his ex, which, lovely on a first date after I've been cummed in in three seconds. And he says that, you know, they only broke up recently. So I said, how recent is recent? And he said, literally a week ago. Oh, okay, so you're not looking for commitment. Brilliant, okay, brilliant. Uh, (laughs) So in that moment, I sort of knew that he wasn't over it and uh, this would be a very uncomfortable night. 
And I knew I'd be having to sleep next to someone that wanted absolutely nothing to do with me, which is absolutely fine. I mean, I don't want a lot to do with myself either. <laughs> um, it's so hard doing this on your own, actually. I thought it'd be really easy, uh, but I say uh, and um so much, which is going to be so fun for me to try and edit out, which here's a job I have to do alone as well. <laughs> so going back to the point, he mentions his ex and then we carry on a conversation. And at one point he says, I love you. And then he stops (laughs) and he looks horrified with himself. I mean, I thought it was funny. So I laughed and said, you love me and then joked around and laughed because obviously I knew it wasn't serious and it's not a big deal. People, when they're drunk, say stupid things. We've just been talking at length about your ex. You clearly did not mean the I love you for me. It's fine. He starts to go on about how he didn't mean it, how he doesn't think about me like that. It's absolutely fine. I was like, no, I get it. But he goes over the top and says, I would never think about you like that. <laughs> like ever, ever. Like, okay, I get it. Thank you. Uh, brilliant. I'm really feeling no love from you at this point. <laughs> so understandably, I'm feeling like I want to leave, but yet I still can't. So I decide that I'm going to go to sleep. I try and go to sleep and this boy has now decided to spoon me whilst I'm in this bed with him. Uncomfortable as hell, didn't know what to do, but I guess I'm stuck there. And he had set an alarm for 10am. That was fine, I didn't mind. Although we did end up going to bed after talking and, you know, all of the long sex that we had at about 4 or 5 in the morning. So wasn't the best to be waking up at 10am. And he got up out of bed at 10am and went and sat on his computer and started doing loads of work and ignoring me. Fine, whatever. I go to my phone, I look up train and bus times, thinking about when I'm going to leave. And I said, like, I'm probably going to head out. But then we hear the cleaners downstairs. And he said, you can't leave until they've left. And I was like, okay, that's fine. I won't leave until they've left. So I'm sitting down on his bed, fully dressed, just bored as hell. And I said to him, do you want to try and have sex again? He seemed happy by that point. I thought it couldn't get any worse. Oh boy, I was fucking wrong. I mean, this was a bad decision on my part, seeing as the sex that night was exponentially awful. But uh, I thought it couldn't get worse than that. Well, it could. Uh, Again, same situation happened. Three seconds, he starts being an asshole about it. You know, saying that, you know, fuck you, I'm not going to make you come. It's funny, all that stuff. You know, just... Just... If he had just opened up and said... I have a problem with this or maybe he doesn't have a problem with it. Maybe it was just me or whatever and been nice about it. I wouldn't have had any issue with him. I think it was just the way that he was so degrading about me afterwards and saying like, well, it's just because you're hot, isn't it? And I was like, oh, hang on a sec. That that should be a compliment, but that's sounding like an insult at this point. Um, So I'm sat like on his bed naked and I'm thinking what the fuck am I gonna do like I don't know when these cleaners leave I don't know what I'm doing here I also don't know my way back so I said to him do you mind if you take me to part of town that I know because he lived in a student accommodation that was kind of far away from town and he said you live in Cambridge you should know where you're going and I was like well I went with you very drunk uh now I don't know where I am and you live sort of in a residential area which is nowhere near town from what I recall so no I don't and I didn't have a lot of money at the time either so I wasn't like I was going to get a taxi so he said like yeah fine I'll, I'll walk you into town it's fine and just seemed really pissed off that I'd asked him uh, I'm sitting there got dressed and just on my phone he said are you bored and I was like yeah I'm kind of bored you're not talking to me you're sat reading emails and 
I'm having to wait here for the cleaners to leave. So yes, I'm pretty bored. So he said, do you want to read my thesis? Okay, uh, fine. Uh, Couldn't get any worse. So yeah, sure, I'll read your thesis. Thinking that he wanted me to give him notes back or he wanted me to, you know, proofread it. So I read this 20,000 word thesis and he keeps saying, oh, look at that part. Look at that diagram. Isn't that bit so good? Yeah, mate, I know loads about machine learning and it's great. No, it's not ideal for me. I didn't know anything about it. So I said, there's no grammatical errors. You're fine. Hand it back to him about 40 minutes later. And he says, no, I know it's fine. I've already published it. So this motherfucker (laughs) gave me his thesis to read. Well, all well knowing that it was fine. Just to brag. Okay, I want the fuck out of here. So I said to him, I don't care about your cleaners. Can we just go? And he was like, yeah, fine. So he walks me out. We get out of the front door and he says, I'm not going to walk you into town. I've got a meeting. So I'm just going to leave you here if that's okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm just in the middle of nowhere. Brilliant. Thank you. He's like, well, you live in Cambridge. You should know what you're doing. Hang on a second. I don't live in Cambridge. I live in a town outside of Cambridge. I don't know where the fuck I am. Uh, Okay. So he leaves. He tells me that he'll see me next week. I'm genuinely hoping I never see him again. And I have to walk hungover, looking a mess, into town. And I call my friends. I tell them what had happened. And they're all laughing, being like, you're such an idiot. And I go home. And the next day, he texts me and says, I don't want to see you again. And I was, like, expecting that. I hadn't texted him, like, at all from that encounter. We were meant to be meeting up the week after. But obviously, I felt way too uncomfortable to text him again. Uh, And I asked him, I said, I said, that's fine. And I said, what did I do wrong? Because I wanted to know what in that situation could I have done to make him feel like, I felt like I was not only kind and nice about everything, but I'd also been willing to stay and willing to do everything. So I don't really understand what his problem was. And he just said, I felt like the sex wasn't good. No fucking kidding. Like, Dude, I saw you jizz and felt you jizz twice. Like, no, no, it wasn't good. Oh, God. Mm. So, fun, fun. Thank you for still following me on Instagram. You don't like any of my photos. Don't know why. And if you ever listen to this, just know, I genuinely don't know what your problem is with me. And I have no idea. And I never will know. (laughs) Maybe I'm just not as um, Cambridge ready to start dating a Cambridge student. (laughs) Oh, so that's story number one. I'm only going to do two stories because there's only a certain amount of time that I will be able to listen to my own voice because I piss myself off. (laughs) But I do want to know how you guys are doing during quarantine part fucking 50 at this point. How are you guys doing? Contact us on Instagram. We're still active there. Contact me on my personal Instagram if you follow it you know, just, just tell me how you're doing, tell me what you're up to, you know, um, but I'm gonna do my last story, and then hopefully I should be back in a few weeks, like I said, I'm probably not going to be doing regular uploads and schedules, just because of what's going on with the girls, what's going on with me, but I will be trying to be more active on the podcast, because I miss it, I miss talking to you guys, I miss the engagement that we had, I really miss when people used to send us stories in, um we have got a few people that have sent some in recently but I won't be reading them on this episode because I think it's much more funny to do it with my friends um but yeah so thank you keep sending your stories in keep talking to us keep interacting I will go into my second story and stop sounding like a regular podcaster because that's what not what I am (laughs) so second story also about dating 
I genuinely have no idea how anyone decides to go on dates with me ever because I am a fucking mess from start to finish. So this is many years ago. I'm talking almost like seven, six, seven years ago. Uh, Actually, no, wait, I was 17. So three, four, five, carry the one, take away the X. Uh, It was five, five, six years ago, five, six years ago. So I was 17 and I'm going to give, actually, I'm actually going to give a bit of a backstory to this because the story doesn't make sense if you don't know the backstory. So when I was in school, we had uh, this, you come up in year nine. God, I'm really awful at this on my own. Um, I come up in year nine and then you start your high school and it goes year nine to year 13. Very weird school system. We are one of the only people, I don't even think our school system does that anymore, but it was like one of the last school systems that did it. So year nine, you're 13 and then you go all the way up to ages 18. And there was this really, really attractive guy in year 13 that literally all of the girls in year nine, 10, even 11 fancied and would follow around on the field. And I'm going to give him an alias. I'm going to call him... I don't even know. Let's just call him Zac Efron because I'm pretty sure people used to think he was a blonde Zac Efron. Just absolutely fucking gorgeous, man. Gorgeous. And he probably will listen to this podcast now uh, because I've spoken to him semi-recently and he is an absolutely lovely boy. I just... I just embarrassed, I embarrassed myself heavily and I've admitted to him years later what I did. Uh, he took it very well. He's actually doing really, really well. Um, but yes, this is embarrassing. So <laughs> everyone used to follow him around on the school play, playing field, playground, <laughs> thinking he was the dog's bollocks. And you know what? He probably was back then. He probably was. He has now told me that he had absolutely no idea that any of the girls used to fancy him and he was completely oblivious to it because any Abercrombie and Fitch model knows that they're not good looking. No, he probably knew it was fucking good looking. So I'm 17, I'm in my sixth form and he's obviously a few years older. So he'd already been to university and had come back into our small town, I think for Christmas or something he'd come back and he was in the pub that I was in. So there was this pub in our town. It's not there anymore, so I can say the name of it. And it was called The Boar's Head. And it was known as somewhere that underage drinkers could go. No one ever ID'd you there. Most of the bar staff were people that also went to sick form with us. So you weren't going to get ID'd. You could literally rock up and you'd be fine. We'd always get served. It was the only pub in my town that we knew we'd always get served in. So me and my friends had gone out for a nice little drink. We were all very, very drunk. It was pretty much only it sounds bad but it was pretty much only sick formers that used to go and drink in there and I had spotted that Zac Efron had um sat down at the bar with a few people and I don't know why I thought that it would be a good idea to approach him but I was drunk and I decided to rock up to him and say Zac oh my god how are you and act like I knew him (laughs) obviously he had no idea who I was because I was in year nine and stalking him uh, when I was a kid and now I was 17 so I looked very much different to how I looked then and also why would he ever pay attention to a year nine kid he wouldn't have so I go up to him and say Zach how have you been I I, you know uh, what's been going on with your life and he obviously like any British person acts like he knows me back and we start having this conversation I said to him, oh, we went to school together because he did look a little bit shocked. And he said, oh, did we? I, oh, I 
think I would remember you. And I was like, why? Why would you remember me? He's like, because you're so beautiful. And I was like, oh, oh, Zach, <laughs> am I? Please do tell. Uh, so I was obviously feeling very chuffed with myself. I kept thinking if, if year nine Ellie could see her now talking to the fittest boy in the school, ah, oh, she'd be so proud. That's, that's honestly where I saw myself in, in five years. <laughs> So I was really excited. I was chatting to him and he had asked me how my university experience was, assuming that I was probably a year or two younger than him, not four or five. (laughs) So I started lying. I said, yeah, university is going great. I'm in my first year. I love uni. And he asked me what I was doing. And I told him English because that was what I'd actually applied to do. And I told him what university I was at. Again, one that I was applying to do. So I didn't, it was white lies. You know, this was all happening next year. I didn't really think much of it. I was like, oh, it'll be fine. You know, I'll never see him again. Oh, was I wrong? I was so wrong. Um, So he says, oh, well, you should take my number. I would really like to go on a date with you and catch up. And I was like, oh, yeah, fuck it yes, have my number, have my national insurance code, have my security code, have all of my PIN numbers, I'm in love with you, obviously I wasn't, but I was just like, yes, 100%, so I gave him all of my stuff, I walked back to the table of my friends going, look at me, I just got Zach Efron's number, I genuinely couldn't have been more proud of myself, my friends were basically cheering me on going, oh my god, are you going to go on that date with him, and I was like, yeah, of course I'm going to go on a date. You know, I'm a suave, sophisticated 17-year-old. Yes, I am. Uh, so, and to be fair to myself, I was turning 18 two weeks after this point. I do want to, like, preface the fact, because obviously it's never good to lie about your age, especially people would think, oh, that's awful because, you know, you're underage, whatever. I'm just going to preface this. I never slept with him. I didn't, I didn't even kiss him. And this was just an error on my part. I, I just want to be a bit serious because if people are like, that's so gross. I get it. Um, and now I'm of age and, you know, we've been fine with it. And also in the UK, it's 16, but and I was 17 turning 18. Look, it's not as dangerous as it sounds. Nothing happened. Uh, but I will just explain that I'm an idiot, basically. So we start texting and everyone at my sick form is so impressed with me. And I'm showing them all the messages. I'm feeling myself. And he invites me out on a date. He invites me to a bar that I knew I couldn't get into, which was this bar called Ad Hoc. And I knew for a fact that I would get declined. And then that, the whole ruse would be up at that point. So I just so, sort of subtly start hinting that I really like the boar's head. And he was sort of saying, oh, I'm not really sure I want to go to the boar's head again. You know, it's a bit dead in there and it's always full of 17-year-olds. And I was like, no, no, I know the bar staff there. It'll be great. So he agrees. I go to the boar's head. I get my white wine spritzer that I used to drink. That was also my drink of choice for many a year, which is so classless. I mean, not that I'm classy ever, but I always thought, I think it's because when I was younger, I didn't like the taste of alcohol and white wine spritzers with Sprite or lemonade was always like really sweet. So, And it makes it look like you're drinking a real glass of wine. So I'm there early and he walks in and he sits down and we start talking. Now, I realise at this point that all of the lies I've told him I'm now going to have to keep up with on this date. So he's asking me questions about university. I start fabricating things. And pretty much this entire day, I am just lying through my teeth. You know, it's, it's, it's genuinely a nice date. He seems like a really lovely guy. 
it was just utter bullshit was coming out of my mouth. So at the end of the day, he asked me what I wanted to do. Did I want to go back to his, whatever. At that point, I sort of knew that I couldn't because... I'd lied about everything and it probably shouldn't go on further than it was. So I said, oh, should we get some drinks from Tesco and sit in your car and whatever, classy? And he said, yeah, we'll go to Tesco. So we go to Tesco. It's a bit uncomfortable because we're talking about, like, sex. And obviously I was, like, 17 and I'm making more stuff up at that point. Uh, so he goes to the, the bathroom in Tesco, I get some drinks and then put them back very quickly because I knew I would get ID'd and then say, actually, I don't fancy a drink. Let's just go sit in your car. So we go to sit in his car. I lived around the corner from Tesco. So he dropped me off at my house and we're sitting out in front of my house. And he kept asking me whether or not I would want to kiss him. Now, obviously I did. Like, it was my dream of a kid, not my actual dream, not like I was sitting there dreaming about him. But, you know, it's, it's, your, it's your childhood crush. Of course you want to fucking kiss them. But then I was also in the mindset of, I've literally spent the last two hours bullshitting. I'm exhausted. This clearly isn't going to go anywhere because I can't be in a relationship with this man that I've just lied to. And I, you know, I fucking achieved it. I went on the date. I did what I said I was going to do. You know, I don't need to make out with him. So I kept saying like, no, I'm all right. Like seeming really uninterested. And then I get out of the car. He rolls down his window and he says, maybe we should just hook up then. Not the right thing to say. Oh, God. I mean, upon speaking to him now, I did say that I was going to miss out some details of things that he said because he was quite cringy back then but that was one of the ones I had to keep in because that that's not something you say on a first date my love it's just not um so clearly I declined and I walked the fuck home and then I had the embarrassing uh realization that he had me on Facebook and I knew that I was turning 18 and it would be coming up to my birthday so all of my family and everything would be posting happy 18th so I had to end up blocking him from all of my social media just until my 18th birthday had passed oh god it's so uncomfortable but like I said years later we're fine uh he is still a lovely guy it's just it's just embarrassing isn't it I think I think I should have never gotten myself into that situation but if I hadn't, then you wouldn't have this podcast episode, would ya? <laughs> oh no, you probably would have this episode in some scheme because I have done some pretty questionable things in my life. But clearly, you lot love listening to it because that's what we do here. And thank you so much for the support. I really hope that we can start to get more episodes out. I don't know. Maybe I won't be so alone. Uh, <laughs> God, I hate myself. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Why did I say that? Um, I need to end this episode here. Yeah. On that note, don't hate yourself. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, see you next week or whenever. <laughs>